All right, everybody. Hey, welcome back to Optimal You. It's been a little bit, little while. Our last episode went out in November. Uh, good old Bill was on here and haven't had uh, as much free time as I would like to get out a monthly episode, but, but here we are uh, and excited for my guest today. Um, pretty awesome uh, how it happened. Um, Alec, oh, first of all, let me introduce Alec Delu yeah, here up? with me. <laughs> Say hi to everybody. Um, Alec had heard an episode of the podcast. His brother recommended it to him and then reached out to me through Instagram. I don't think we were even were friends no, or we anything even, like we that. We were following each other at that <laughs> yeah. point. I, I saw this message, and most of the time, I don't know if this happens to you, but when you're not friends, it goes like, hey, you've got a request. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I was like, oh, it's probably one of those fake accounts that are just reaching out to me. And so I, I didn't look at it, I think for like a day or something like yeah, it that. Wasn't, yeah, like a day or two. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, all right, let's see what this is. And I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Uh, and you're just expressing, hey, heard the podcast, would love to share my story. And I was like, and this was, geez, what was it, early February, I think? Yeah, like this got last to be early February yeah. with how things have happened over the last couple months. Yeah. And it was a good timing for me as well because I know I hadn't released episodes of the podcast and I was like, geez, I need to do this. I need to get a cadence going again and I need to get an episode out. And I was like, boom, here's an opportunity. But of course, me, I was like, well, let's do this in March. <laughs> and it's worked <laughs> and it, out, though. Yeah, it's been a good time yeah, for I didn't him. do it right away, but I think timing timing is big, and the oh, universe sure. controls timing. And I, and I think that, like you mentioned, it worked out in the right time. So awesome to have you here with Thanks, us, Jed. Uh, good uh, to be here. A couple of the things to, to introduce and to share with the, the listeners and the fans out there uh, about you. So currently, you are... A science major. You're studying exercise science. You have a big passion for fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So studying exercise science down at UVU. Awesome. I work as a personal trainer at two places. Uh, one's called Orange Theory. The other one's Athletic and Fit. Athletic and a Athletic AF is what we go by. So it's okay. a, kind of a nice little play on word. And then I'm also a nutrition coach at Seven Point Nutrition. Nice. You got a lot going on there. Yeah, man. Got to stay busy. Like to stay, gotta busy. stay busy. Wow. So much. Now, I've heard good things about Orange Theory. What what location are you working at? I'm just at Draper. So, Draper. like, we're, we're next to Ikea. So, it's right over by that Hartman's off of Bangor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, so there may be some people out there listening that hey, go to that if, one. If, That'd if be you, awesome. If you end up hearing through the podcast, <laughs> let me know when you show up. It'll be good to have you. There you go. I'm, I'm going to have to try one of those out. Now, I love lifting heavy weights yeah that's and that's what i do too. i can do that I'm the same way <laughs> but any of like you know the crossfit or the orange theory high intensity stuff i'm like uh, i don't know how that's gonna go yeah, it's another but animal gotta man. give it a try i'll yeah. have to come in and get a workout yeah, no doubt. with you and your group you. <laughs> and also a nutrition coach that's awesome yeah i just started that about a month ago so i've been working on a few certs right now with getting my nutrition certification i finally finished that up and nice. figured, you know, I've got these certifications. I don't want to just let the money go to waste. So I just started about a month ago. So okay. getting used to that. I've been a personal trainer for three years now. So I, I, I'm, I'm good with the training. Still, still plenty more to learn, of course. But the nutrition is my new adventure right now, kind of figuring that out. And I'm not in school yeah. right now. I, um, we'll get to this later. But I dropped out of school this semester. So I've got a lot of time just to put into that now. Okay. So it's going to be good. 
good timing. Kind of like what you yeah. said, the universe always times things up the right way. So <laughs> yep. we'll see how this goes. So I'm excited about it, though. Nice. Hey, well, you need the exercise portion of it, uh, the programming, but you also need that nutrition piece. That's so Dude, key, and I think it's oftentimes overlooked and forgotten. No so doubt. It's 85 90% <laughs> of your success. So if you can't eat right, then you're probably not going to see the results you want. Uh, exactly. And, you know, that's something that I struggle with a lot because I don't eat right a lot of the times. <laughs> me, me either. I'm saying that as a coach too. So we're not all perfect. Awesome. So uh, a big passion for for the fitness industry, just overall living well, something cool uh, that you're doing this summer. You're, you're doing some study abroad in an awesome place. Yeah, dude, going <laughs> back to Germany. So I served my mission, uh, an LDS mission over in the Alpine German speaking mission is what it's called. Oh. Served in um, southern Germany and Austria. It covered Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and a piece of Italy. And it's been almost four years since I've been back, and so it's about time I'm going to be heading back. I'm not going back to my mission initially. I'll be studying in Berlin, which is up north. Mm -hmm. And then my parents right now, funny story, they live in Tokyo right now. My dad works over there. So the plan is to hopefully get them to come meet me down in my mission down in southern Germany when we're done. So I'll be oh, gone nice. for about a good six weeks. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I'm so excited. That'll so be really it's been, it's cool. been a long time coming. I've been saving up, and it's ready to go. So Jealous. Germany is a beautiful place. We I was just talking about it with some of my coworkers, what's on our bucket list, and visit Germany. Oh, for real, yeah. So, so I, so I got to get there. Uh, sometime I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get keep tabs with yeah, you and yeah, see let how me know it goes. what you want to go do and I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let you know there we go awesome well I'm excited to have you here you reached out said that there's some things uh, that you were going through that you've been through in your life and you wanted to share those experiences now um, before we jump into those and, and we get into the real meat of it um, share, share with me you know a, a little bit more about you grew up, some of your interests, uh, some of your passions. I'm going to guess some of them are probably fitness Lifting, or sport fitness related, for sure. right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No a doubt. little bit about your family, you know, any any of those things like that. Yeah, so there's uh, three boys in my family. You're a good friends with my older brother, Jed. So yeah. Jed's a few years older than I am. I'm 24 right now, and I've got a younger brother who's 22. So it's okay. been the three of us. I've got, you know, the best parents, mom and dad are still together doing their thing. And uh, was actually born in Arizona. We've moved around quite a bit. So we've jumped from Arizona mm -hmm. to Nevada to Colorado to Texas. We've talked about Texas a little bit because that's where you yeah. serve. Yep. And then we went back to Colorado. Then we got here. So we've been in Utah now for a good, man, almost 14 years. Yeah. Oh. And then my parents now, like I mentioned before, they're in Tokyo working. So, yeah. um, you know, really close with my family. The, the distance between here and Japan has definitely brought us closer together. Growing up, I was really big into skateboarding, snowboarding, um, grew up riding motorcycles at our family's ranch here over near Wyoming and Utah, and then just started to play basketball a lot more when we came over here, and um, Jed, my older brother, was a big influence mm -hmm. in getting me to kind of not ditch skateboarding, but we, al <laughs> we always clashed heads growing up because, you know, I was that skater kid, and he was the jock, and, you know, especially in Colorado, I'm not sure how it goes here, but those two groups just hated each other. And so <laughs> yeah. Jed and I fought quite a bit growing up. Uh, you know, I live with him right now. We're taking care of our parents' place. And he's been a big role in getting me more into the sports world where I play basketball at Alta High School. Uh, home of the Hawks. Home All of right. the Hawks. Yeah, it. we got to get the alma mater <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, played a little bit of football. I played, um, played through my sophomore year, but I screwed around way too much to take it seriously. And so... <laughs> 
But um, what really got me into lifting actually was my dad. He introduced me to a guy who I work for right now at Athletic AF. Um, his name's John Madsen, the owner. He started training me for basketball when I was about 15, 16 years old. I think I was a sophomore in high school. And just lifting with him, I, you know, I was always a very shy kid growing up. I didn't like to put myself out there. And John just, you know, showed me like I had so much potential. And so that's where I got this love and passion for fitness, where through that I'm able to, one, for myself, I can express myself a lot better. But then I just kept falling in love with it, seeing the mm -hmm. results, seeing or getting that endorphin release. That's the best part, I oh, think. Yeah. You know, it gets, it gets <laughs> addicting. And so that's what that's what's really driven my passion has been. Yeah, it's, it kind of sounds a little bit more selfish in that I, I did it for myself, but I loved it so much. And I think that's where a lot of um, success comes is when you do what you love, the work you produce is going to be so much better. And so since then, I always told myself I'd love to be a personal trainer. I think it'd be so cool. Then I went and served my mission, came back. I started working at Treehouse. I don't know if you know about Treehouse, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So I worked uh, the front, well, not the front desk, but I was like the towel boy for, um, well, I worked there before my mission a little bit after and started trying to do something like, you know, the basic um, return missionary jobs at call centers. I tried those out. Yeah. Could not stand it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And so I eventually, um, long story short, got introduced to Orange Theory, worked their front desk. And, you know, this is just a testament to me that, the, you know, the work that you put in, no matter how low on the totem pole you are, if you put in good work, you're going to be recognized for your efforts. And that's really what got Definitely, me yeah. the, um, the platform to become a coach because to become an Orange Theory fitness coach, you need at least, I think it's like three to five years experience at oh, other wow. places. Yeah. And yeah, our owners, that. yeah, mm -hmm. our owners, bless their heart, they, they just saw that I was just loving the job. I loved fitness. And so they're like, we want you to be a trainer. And I was like, dude, I don't even have a certification. I'm, <laughs> I've never done this before. Sure, I know how to lift on my own, but they're like, no, we'll figure it out. And so I was very blessed to just not necessarily be given that opportunity, but in a sense, I kind of was because, you know, there's there have been trainers that would come in and out the doors trying to get a job there, but it just wouldn't yeah. happen. And so that's really what's evolved into what's now today where I'm a nutrition coach. I'm a, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a group fitness trainer and just riding with that. And so that's what's driven me to going into exercise science, like we had mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then the thought now is, you know, things have changed over the last three years. I'm trying to figure it out, but I'm thinking maybe med school is, might be the next step. Nice. So, it was just recently match day yesterday. Yeah. Med school's out there. Just saw that. Everybody matching with their residencies. But but like you said, as far as, as hard work, I don't think you were given that opportunity. Right, right. You definitely, from what I can understand and can tell about you, are one who puts in hard work. No, and no and others see that. Others see passion. Others see hard work. And definitely, was it the owners that you said? Yeah. 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 The, the owners saw that. And it doesn't matter if you have three to five years experience. Right. Because <laughs> I, I come from a recruiting background most recently in my career. And that's always nice. But if you have something that you can't teach somebody like hard work, ethic, and those different types of things, ethics and those different type of things, that's more valuable than the years of experience. Oh, totally. And I'm sure that they understood that. And they're like, boom, let's get him in. And I am and I bet you're just killing it as a trainer. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying, man. It's been fun. I've been hopping around yeah. places, but... I think I got a pretty good following, and I've just been—I've been very blessed to be able to do this at a, at a younger age. I—I I was in a lot of classes for exercise science of people whose, you know, their dream job was to do what I'm doing right now, and you know, just to see that in the classroom was very humbling because we're learning things that I already had been practicing, didn't necessarily yeah. know like the the anatomy or the physiology of the body, but 
like you said, you know, I just, I put my head down and I work and that's, um, and we'll get to this soon, actually. That's kind of what been my downfall, actually, just recently. And we'll get into more details about that. But, so, but I do agree with that. So tell me um, a little bit about what led you to reaching out to me. So obviously, um, Jed, shout out to Jed. Thank you. Pointing him to Optimal You. Got to go um, But said, hey, here's this podcast. You need to listen to it. Why? Why did he Why did he come to you with this podcast? Yeah, so uh, it's kind of a long story, so I'll try to, you know, I want to give all the, all the details that yeah. I can, but oh, yeah. try to take, take me to the beginning. Take all us right. to the beginning. So very, very beginning. So, um, and I'll just be straight up right now. It's it's, it's really about drug abuse. You okay. know, that's kind of been, that's what ultimately led me to the Optimal You podcast. So I've been struggling with depression, anxiety since I was about 17 years old. So that's when it all started. Um, I was looking for outlets, trying to find, you know, ways to cope. Um, so I started turning to mostly marijuana was the one thing that was my, my, my saving grace, if you will. You know, I'd get stressed mm-hmm. out. I'd get anxious. I'd get depressed. And i just start smoking a lot of weed. And so um, my parents, they started to notice this change in me. And they were like, you know, something's not right with Alec. You know, usually I'm a very upbeat, upbeat kind of guy. I love to talk with people. I love to be um, interactive. But at the same yeah. time, I like to be by myself, too. I like to work. Mm-hmm but not at the expense of just like looking like gloomy all the time. And so they, they noticed like, hey, something's wrong with them. And they didn't know that I was smoking at this point. They didn't know that I was drinking, smoking when I, when I was 17. I think this was my junior year in high school. Okay. And eventually they took me to the doctor. They threw me on an antidepressant. I was taking Prozac for a little bit and then, you know, got things under control. I was able to kind of kick the addiction. I, I would say, you know, most people say you can't get addicted to, to weed, to marijuana, but you definitely get addicted to the high. And so that was definitely mm-hmm. me for a while. And I was able to finally kick that, served a mission like I'd mentioned over in Germany and Austria. And, you know, crazy thing about that was the change of environment. When I went to Austria, I had this insane, crazy anxiety attack breakdown. Um, like I was in my bed, you know, until like four in the afternoon, couldn't get up. And I felt terrible because, you know, as companions, you got to be with each other 24-7, right? So yeah. He, he can't leave me. He's got to be with me. And so just the, the anxiety, the pressure of being on a mission, stacked that with, you know, my responsibilities as a missionary and fulfill that was just, it was terrible. And so through that experience, we figured out, you know, here was the proper dosage for him on the Prozac. Um, so you, had you been off of that on your mission? So I, we reduced the dosage. Okay. And so yeah. we, um, we were at like maybe like 100 milligrams or whatever mm-hmm. the case was. And then by the time I got to my mission, we were down to, I think, 25 because I was doing so well. We're like, okay, okay he's good. Yeah. He's got to hold on things. And, you know, I go new change of environment, you know, new country, new language, you know, a lot of stressors firing at you. And so um, we finally got that tailored back. And so I, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I finally served, I finally finished the, the mission. You know, I finished the full mm-hmm. two years. But there wasn't an easy day one day. Like, there was no easy day. And I you hear that a lot from a lot of missionaries. And I agree with that. And I don't discredit anybody. But yeah, going through that with mental health the entire um, mission two years waking up almost already in tears because I didn't want to do anything you know I didn't want to go up and talk to people because I was trying to figure myself out and so I'm like how can I tell someone how to live their life if I don't know how to live mine and so that sounds tough and so yeah, yeah. it was awful but it was at the same time the best thing in the world because you know I learned so many life skills I learned how to get through hard times and my mission has been something that I've been kind of used as a crutch ever since so I got home and they put me on, um, I was on Zoloft for a little bit, another antidepressant medication, and I was doing pretty well, you know, 
started to lose my way with the church a little bit every now and then, which I think is normal when you come home. You know, you're mm-hmm. trying to find yourself again. You're a young 20-year-old dude. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so kind of just doing what any, you know, young 20-year-old would do, kind of just trying to figure things out all over again. But then I found out that, like, so I've, al- I've always had a hard time with obsessive thoughts. You know, I can't get thoughts out of my head. I'm constantly thinking. I'm always anxious. Because I want to be doing something. My ADHD, which I actually just got diagnosed with about two months ago for the first time ever since, um, would just kick in. So I'd start thinking about things. So that would get me kind of hyperactive. And the outlet that I would found was hard work. Just putting my head down. Mm-hmm. Don't try not to think too much. You know, get the jobs, get the tasks in front of you. Put your head down and just get it done. And I loved that. I loved that high, that sense of fulfillment of finishing things. I had a great hold on my anxiety and my depression. And then, you know, I'm not really sure what sparked the next phase, but I started to abuse drugs this time. You know, I never really abused drugs other than weed when I was in high school, right? Uh-huh. So um, started to abuse uppers and downers. How did, um, how did this happen? Was it something that you knew about? Friends? Um, you know, I'm not, I mean, I've always had like a little bit more of a, a curious, rebellious spirit. Yeah, you know, growing up in a very I think that's in everybody, which is right? totally yeah. no doubt. <laughs> but I think I was I was kind of showing myself I wasn't, you know, I wasn't living my life authentically. I wasn't living mm-hmm. myself real, um, and and what I would like it to be. And so I was looking for other outlets because I had such a great job. Um, this is by the time I got to Orange Theory, um, I started to kind of start to feel this this new anxiety wave come in. And, you know, by putting my head down and working there, I got the job as a trainer, which was like this huge high because I like I finally made it to what I've been wanting to do. Yeah, I finally I like I kind of like I made it. I'm done kind of thing. And so through that, I, you know, I became a pretty popular coach pretty quickly. And I was the youngest coach that they have not to, you know, boost or boast about anything. But that's just the way it was, do it, man. You earned it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, you know, doing very well over there. And um, yeah. I was still studying. I was doing full time in, in school, full time work. And, you know, I couldn't find like that same high again of like accomplishing a new feat. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I still love to work. And so I'd be working. You know, picking up as many classes as I could. I was coaching up to 20 classes a week, doing full-time in school, and I loved that. I kind of took a sense of pride, actually, in being busy and, like, not hanging out. I thought I was I thought I thought was better than everybody else because, you know, you guys are out partying and doing your, you know, your whatever the case is. You're out with your mm-hmm. friends. You're dating. Um, and I kind of took a sense of pride in saying, you know, I'm better than that. I'm, I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'm going to show you that I'm a hard worker, and that's what I'm going to kind of ride out on these and so it became to a point where I wanted more I needed a little bit more um push I wanted more I wanted to do more within the hours of the day and so that's what led me to start abusing Adderall so I started taking Adderall if you guys aren't mm-hmm. familiar with Adderall it's uh, it's an amphetamine which means that you're just pretty much putting meth in your body if you don't know about meth it just wires <laughs> you you go yeah. crazy and, and you can get this from your doctor <laughs> yeah and I wasn't <laughs> so yeah. that's the problem yeah. And so, and I was still on Zoloft at this time. And so Zoloft was doing great things for me, but I was looking for that high again, that rush, that, um, that endorphin release. I was, you know, working out, getting, you know, the pump in the gym. I've been, in, I was in the fittest point of my life. You know, I think I was, you know, six, 7% body fat. I ended up man maintaining, that? maintaining Ooh. that, you know, and I was doing, I was doing great. You know, I was yeah. feeling good, but then. I kind of asked myself, like, I need more, you know, I need more, I need to accomplish more, I need to do more within the hours of the day, because 
to me, I felt like, you know, taking some, some time to yourself was kind of a sign of weakness. You know, spending time with your friends was a sign of weakness because, oh, I need to hang out with a lot of people to rely on them so I can feel good about myself. I wanted to kind of, and, you know, this conversation is not going on with anybody but myself. You know, yeah. like I had mentioned, mm-hmm. I have all these obsessive thoughts and these are driving my actions. And so I'm like, I'm going to prove to everyone around me that I don't need you, but I, I love you. I respect you. I'm still friends. I'm still family, but I, I want to prove to myself, but to you inadvertently that I can do things on my own. Yeah. And so that's what led me to the drug abuse. And so I started to take a lot of Adderall. I started to take some Xanax to bring me back down. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually got back into weed again because that was a more familiar um, source, you know, of kind of detachment. You know, that's you're not hot. You're not riding a high like you're just busy and you're not riding the high of just being mellowed out. You're just kind of gone in your own little world for as long as you're high. And so started to use that and I you know if you're on Adderall man you are going 24 <laughs> 7 you are just cranking things out left and right like I remember there was one night where I got home from whatever the whatever I was doing I got home around 11 30 that night and working as a personal trainer you got to be willing to work at 5 a.m in the morning where a yeah. lot of people want to <laughs> get their workouts in the start of their day and so I kind of sat there you know I had my little baggie of of Adderall and I was like, well, I've got an assignment right now that's that's due in a couple weeks, but you know, I'm not that tired. Maybe I'll pop one of these things. And so, um, one night, just took it, busted out a ten-page paper on arginine, a substance in the body that is, helps with blood circulation. Just a very in-depth thing, and I loved that high. And so, eventually, I started to mix the two because I was like, what would happen if I took Adderall, smoked weed, um, took you know, I was taking Trazodone, Dilaudid. Xanax, um, you know, you name it, I probably have taken it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same highs weren't doing it for me. And so I started to mix things a little bit. And so there was one night, this is kind of coming to full circle of how I got introduced to the podcast. There was a night where I had mixed um, Adderall and weed. And I think, um, and I've done that a few times before, but I think my body finally just said, enough is enough. We're going to kind of shut down. And so there was one night where, you know, I went out on this double date, got home. And I was feeling great because I was, you know, I was high off the Adderall, I was high off the weed, I was feeling like a million bucks, but then just hit this wall out of nowhere and didn't really know what was going on. Um, I made an, I made a pretty irrational decision. I bought a plane ticket to LA that night because I wanted to go to LA and try out summer oh, sales. Wow. And there was a <laughs> conference I was going to go to, but I'm like, if I'm going to go for a few week, a few days, I might as well go for the full week. So I just bought the plane ticket, didn't even think about it. And so I'm packing my bags. I'm listening. To, I'm a huge music buff. I love rap music. I'm way big into hip hop. And I'm listening to Kendrick Lamar's album, Good Kid, Mad City. And I'm like, dude, this album's perfect for me right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is just like the perfect scenario. So I'm packing my bags. And um, um, Jed, my older brother, like I had mentioned before, my parents live in Japan. And mm-hmm. so Jed and I and his wife and his one-year-old, his, he's got a one-year-old little boy. Um, I live with them in my parents' house. We take care of that while they're gone. And Max, Jed's little boy, was having some hard time sleeping. And so I was in the, I, I stay in the upstairs, they stay in the basement, and they were having a hard time sleeping with Max because he was just crying, crying, crying. And so eventually they left him in the basement to just cry things out. And so I'm packing my bags, you know, um, and I start hearing these voices. And I don't know where they're coming from. So I take off my headphone, I'm looking around. No, there's nothing there. 
put my music, start packing again, I start hearing voices again. And they weren't really saying anything distinctly that I could really recall. Mm-hmm. And so I heard it like the third, it was like the third or the fourth time. And I kept turning around too because I thought I was seeing things. And I'm like, oh, it's just kind of late. You know, maybe I'm just tired. But then I'm like, no, dude, I'm on Adderall right now. There's no way I'm tired right now. <laughs> and so eventually I just couldn't take it. I couldn't take hearing these voices. And I thought it was Max crying for help. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to hear him because he's in the basement. I'm yeah. in the um, we had our, upstairs. Uh, auto light go off in here. The, you got to do the clap. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe. Um, you want to hit that light? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those... For those of you out there listening and not watching, uh, we're, we're recording in an office and the auto lights just went out on us. So Alec went to go hit the uh, on button again. Uh, all right. All right. We're all good. <laughs> okay. All right. That was a, that was a fun little, uh, little break, disruptive yeah, break yeah. there. So going back okay. to the, yeah. Yeah. So going, <laughs> back, going back to what was going on. Um, so I started like, I started acting in hysterics. I just started freaking out because I thought Max was like dying. You know, I thought these were, these were like cries for help. And so I, I run over to Jed's room where he was staying. I pound on the door. I open the door and I'm like, Jed, I got to go save Max. I got to go save Max. And he's like, dude, what are you talking about? Like he was just completely out of it. Granted, had, he was asleep. He was asleep. Had he, did he know about your history with this type of stuff? No. Okay. So, so he's just like, what is going he, yeah, on? He totally. is completely just like, what, what is Alec doing? Because. Yeah. All he's known since I've been living with him is that I'm either at work or I'm asleep because that's all I was doing. Yeah. And so, and that kind of, you know, changed our relationship. It didn't change our relationship, but affected our dynamic of our relationship because we would never really talk because I was always working or going to mm-hmm. school. And so for, I think for him to hear me like be concerned too was like probably a shock for him too. Yeah. And so eventually I'm, you know, I'm talking to him and I start bawling just out of nowhere to start crying. And I'm like, Max needs me now. And I start sprinting down the stairs. And um, while I'm doing this, you know, if you're if you're big into rap music, you may know that a lot of songs have um, little like prayers in them. <laughs> and so I'm starting to quote these prayers out of nowhere. These quote these prayers from songs by Kendrick, by The Game, um, by Lil Wayne. Like you know, out of nowhere. Like I've listened to these songs in. I don't know how long and I'm like reciting them perfectly and I get down to Max's room and you know I'm gonna get a little emotional right here but no I there was a there's a song called um this doesn't the song has no relevance with it but it's what happened uh-huh. the song is called Ricky by the game and it starts off with this this man holding his friend Ricky while he's dying in his arms and he screams Ricky as loud as he can and Jed you know, Chad's coming down. He's um he's chasing after me because he was like, you know, he's running to my child. But I open the door and I just scream Ricky as loud as I can because I thought Max was Ricky for a second. Mm-hmm. I thought he was dying. And of course, Max is asleep now. Jed puts his hand over my mouth to try to, you know, just stop me. And I thought I was about to die. I thought um, he was going to suffocate me because I thought because I saw Jed first at the top of the stairway when I was downstairs. Yeah. By the time he got to me, he was somebody else. You know, these hallucinations were really kicking in. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, puts his hand over my mouth, trying to get me to just shut up. And I thought I was, I was going to die. And I start freaking out. And like, then, you know, he grabs me. We walk upstairs, and I start quoting another prayer and from another rap song. 
And so long story short, within between that, my mom, here, my parents get word of this because Jed reaches out to my parents, of course, you know, something's wrong with Al, you know, something's yeah. wrong with Al. So my mom ends up coming to, uh, to Utah. She flies out from Japan because she's like, my, something's wrong with my son. I don't know what's going on. And for me during this, I'm just having extreme withdrawal symptoms. I'm shaking. I can't sleep. I can't breathe. I can't eat. You know, you name it. I was probably just, I was in my bed curled up just crying because I didn't know what was going on. So we ended up taking me to the ER. They got some blood tests, some urine tests, liver toxicity, whatever you want to call it. They were doing all these tests with me because they're trying to see you know, what's, what's wrong with him. Yeah. And they came to the conclusion he was, I was in a state of mania, you know, psychosis and Eventually, they got all the tests back. They're like, you know, his blood work checks out. Like, for some reason, I don't know how the, um, the, the, um, the drugs didn't show up in my blood because I've been doing them for you know, who knows how long, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so eventually, the, uh, the ER tells, me, tells us, you know, we want him to go to the LDS um, Behavioral Health Access Center, basically just rehab. And, you know, I'm like, at this point, you know, whatever's going to help me, you know, I'll do it. I was very cooperative through all this after I'd kind of gained my senses back after that episode that night with my brother. Yeah. Um, so. So you're, they tell you to go here. Yet, have you, like, told your family, Jed, your mom, or anything, what's going on? Maybe what's really the underlying cause of bit. this? Yeah. yeah, a little bit. I mean, I didn't go into a ton of detail with them because it was just so hard to cope. Mm-hmm. Um, which was such a shock to me because. You know, I was functioning off all this stuff for so long, and I'd been doing so well in school, doing well at work. Even when I wasn't abusing it, I was still feeling good. You know, in between my, um, like, little stints before I would smoke, before I would take another Adderall, I would still, I'd still feel all right. And eventually got to the point where, you know, I'd take Adderall, like, once a week or twice a week. You know, it ended up becoming every other day, then every day. And then I'd take a little break here and there. And so... To me, I never thought of that being like the cause because I was doing okay within those breaks of time. Yeah. But eventually it became where I was relying on it, you know, five days out of the week. I was smoking weed every single day. I would wake and bake. I'd go to bed high. I'd do everything, almost a little buzzed. And so it took some time for my parents to get that out of me because to me it just didn't register that that was the problem. Because for me it was kind of like... You know, I was tired that night. Maybe, you know, the Adderall kicked in too late. You know, I'm trying to justify things, trying to make sense of things, really. Yeah. And they're all like, no, that's not it. This this doesn't happen. You know, this doesn't just happen. And so eventually um, um, I told the – I can't remember what the name is. This chick at the ER, she's like, list off everything that you've been taking, whether that was prescription medication or any other sort of supplementation. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fitness guy, so I'm taking supplements. I'm researching, like, natural routes of boosting testosterone, helping inflammation, helping your recovery. And so I've been – so I list off this huge list of all these supplements that I've been taking. And they're like, yeah, we have no idea how he's, like, still here right now because that there's – we don't know how that stuff works in the body. That stuff's not FDA regulated. And oh, so, wow, yeah. yeah, and so, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm just doing this all self-research because most of it's being driven because I'm on Adderall and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm zoned in, you know, and I love learning. I mean, I, I yeah. do love learning, but, yeah. you know, that just expedited just the rate at which I could retain and learn information. Yeah. And so after, or at the ER, they're like, hey, we're going to see if an ambulance is even worth picking him up right now because, you know, he seems like he's stable, but after everything you've told us, you know, there's something wrong with him. Yeah. And so at, at that point, I was like, Whatever it takes to get me home, basically. I just want to go home. 
And so they take, my mom actually drives me to, to the rehab center up in Salt Lake, the LDS Behavioral Health Access Center. And I meet with a psychiatrist and he's like, I wanna keep him here overnight and monitor his behavior. We're gonna put him on a new medication. And if, you have, if you've been to rehab, you know how bad it is. They take everything away from you. You walk around in a gown, you got these weird funky socks mm -hmm. on. Yeah. And there's nothing to do there. And so I was in there for a good 24, 25 hours. And so in the meantime, my dad flies in from Japan because he's like, okay, what's wrong with my son? He's like, yeah. I got to check him out now too. And so eventually I got discharged. I got out of there. And so I've been working, I've been, and so I've been meeting with therapists ever since, you know, the outpatient therapy. I finally found a um, small side story, actually. I go to the same therapist office Ty Cahoon does. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he was the one. And so that's kind of how this, the therapist was found because during my rehabilitation, I was not working or anything for a few weeks, just kind of trying to find mm -hmm. my bearings again. And so Jed, he, um, he was like, you know, he, he doesn't listen to podcasts a ton. He listens to, at least as far as I'm aware of, he's not one who talks about podcasts or anything. Um, but he was like, dude, I, re I came across this episode of this, this podcast I think you'd really like with, um, and I know Ty decently, I knew him decently beforehand. I've met up with him a couple times since. But he said, I think this episode on this podcast with Ty was, it was something that you could really resonate with. And so I was like, yeah, maybe I'll listen to it. Maybe I won't, you know, because right now I'm just trying to cope with everything, trying to get used to, like, I was on, like, house arrest, basically. Like, I didn't have my phone. All my money was taken away from me. My keys to my car were taken. So I'm like, I don't want to do anything right now because this sucks. Yeah. And so eventually I got to the podcast. And there were some things that Ty said that were like the exact same thing. Ty shared a lot of things about his OCD and his like anxieties too. And, you know, it was kind of weird for Jed to mention the podcast to me. So I found that kind of interesting. That's kind of what pushed me to actually listen because I love podcasts. I listen to podcasts all the time, but to hear one from Jed was kind of peculiar. So, yeah. yeah. So I listened to it immediately after I didn't know, I didn't even finish listening to the podcast by the time I messaged you because I knew that I wanted to be on here and share share wow, my story. Yeah. And and so that's really what got me to the podcast and that's kind of a I mean there's a lot of different side stories of course. Yeah. And I'm I'm open about all this. You know, I think I think it's good to get get your um your thoughts and your ideas out. You know, I think we hold those in too much and that was kind of my problem because I was working so hard and so often. And I felt like I was okay because I was on a high the entire time. So I couldn't have mm -hmm. time to process what I was doing. I could just process whatever was in front of me. And I felt good about it. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I felt when I was listening to the podcast, I'm like, I just need to share this story with people. You know, if people don't listen to it, if they don't care for it, it doesn't matter to me because just by getting this off my chest and helping others understand or myself even understand myself better just by talking through these things. Yeah it's been, it's been amazing. And so that's what really brought me to the podcast. That's awesome. You know, not necessarily that it took that <laughs> to get right. you to listen to <laughs> right. the podcast, but I'm a, I'm a firm believer that, that everything in life happens for a reason. We may eventually understand and find out that reason, or it may not be known to us for, for years or, or even in this lifetime. But I definitely believe, uh, 
did you ever <laughs> you ever read those um like rl stein books where you can like oh, choose your own yeah, path the, right what's like the um goosebumps <laughs> goosebumps yeah. yeah where where now i wasn't huge but i read one of the books and, and this is the best example that i have right where you can like choose your own destiny so it would come to a page and it'd say if you want to go this way oh, turn yeah, to this yeah, page yeah, or if you want to go to this way turn to this page and so basically you could dictate the story and how it goes and i think that's how our life is we come to points where we can make a decision. I can either go this way or I can either go that way. Jump in, dabble with, you know, whether it be drugs, um, whether it be school, going to school, living in a different country, taking a job, um, it, whatever it may be in our life that then branches off into a million other, other possibilities of how our story can end. But whichever path you take, you're still going to get to the end of your story. Right. The it's end of your story one is going to be the same. Exactly. And so, you know, the, the timing and how everything played out and your story is just amazing to me. We, Tyler's episode was launched during November where I took a fo focus for Movember, but really for men's <laughs> mental health. And so, oh, okay. so my two episodes during November were focused on men's mental health. And Tyler, almost the same way, was like, hey, I've got this stuff I, I want to share and get out there. I actually asked him, and he's like, yeah, I've got some good things to tell. And a lot of his story I hadn't heard before. And it's all for the purpose, and, and what I want to do with this podcast is to share stories, not only um, living successful lives, but how people get through tough shit in their lives. Because we all go through stuff that's hard and no we all go through things that are, that are difficult. And I'm excited that you want to share your story. You obviously have a passion to help people. Yeah, <laughs> you, I, love you, I love interacting. You, you love interacting with people. You, you like not only progressing yourself and growing and, and achieving more, yeah, yeah. moving that flag post and that flagstone further and further out but you like helping other people's with there. So now sharing your story. Now, you've gone through this at this point. What now? Yeah, so <laughs> right? So you've got this story. What's next for you? Dude, that's a, I mean, what's been going on recently, I'm still working on it. So I, you know, what's next? I'm not really sure yet. Yeah. And that's what's, um, that, you know, you asked me to, you know, consider, ideas and thoughts of what I wanted to share here a little bit. You know, I didn't take mm -hmm. too much time to write, well, I didn't write anything down. But what's next for me, you know, I don't know. Then that's the beauty of it, you know. Yeah. I don't have to know. And before I thought I always needed to know, okay, what am I doing at this time of the day? What am I doing at this time of the day? And I would always have like a written planner and I would never let it be open. I would always keep it booked. And I wouldn't let any uh, anybody else come into my life necessarily. Like I wouldn't let there be a free time where like, oh, I could maybe go hang out with my buddies and we could go do something together. Maybe this time. Like, no, if I didn't already hear something from somebody, I'm blocking that time off for me for something else. My entire day used to just be all about me. It was 100% improving myself because I thought I was, you know, there's some some level of insecurities that were, you know, from from my childhood, from middle school, high school, which I think we all have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was working so hard on making myself almost perfect in a way, but doing it in a very unhealthy manner because I was not allowing others to come into my life. And, um, you know, what's been the biggest thing that I've learned over the last, especially the last few weeks, you know, we've been playing around with medication with my psychiatrist and been meeting with therapists once a week, at least once a week. 
and you know I, I just I understand to a much greater degree now it's not perfect yet I don't think it'll ever be perfect to be honest I got to get that out of my head but yeah. that's what I'm working with <laughs> but you know I, I I've kind of given up my life or I'm working on giving up my life to a higher purpose mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm, I'm you know I'm working on getting this kind of idea out of my head that everything has to be done by myself and letting a higher power you know I've mentioned I served an LDS mission this has been a trip back to the church for me you know I went through a little stint where you can even see this on my Instagram page where I you know it's put a long post out there where I said I felt like I had so much bottled up for so long I'll backtrack here for a second Mm-hmm. I thought I had so much bottled up for so long because you know I was busy all the time. I was I was working. I was at the gym. I was at school. I was doing drugs. So I never was able to open up with this about anybody because because to me and my my perception of all that was that I'm not good enough because no one's reaching out to me. So if I'm not being reached out to, then that shows some 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 level of of worthlessness, honestly, in myself. And so. Yeah. Um, I felt the only way to express this opinion, not this opinion, this feeling, I should say, was to post this on Instagram. And I posted about just not knowing where I was at spiritually. You know, just saying, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not sure. I don't agree with everything that the church says, but there are some things that I do agree with that I love. But right now I just ask for your support because there was nobody I was talking about this with. And so I felt, you know, social media, you know, has been, has always been there. You know, we always have it on our phone. We're always checking our feed. Constantly, oh, too, I'm much, addicted too to much, it. too much. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I finally just said, you know, I'm just going to post about this, and that was very freeing. It was very liberating because I finally expressed true feeling. You know, I was being more, I was being the most authentic. I think in that moment that I was doing drugs, going to school, training, lifting on my own, going, you know, doing whatever, because I was finally opening up and since that post has kind of been a trial and error of, you know, do I believe in this faith? Do I believe in myself in this faith too? Most importantly, you know, I've been meeting with my bit, I've been meeting with my bishop weekly to try and just figure things out, you know, trying to um, find a good place for me spiritually. And it eventually got to a point where I was like, kind of like, screw it. I can't do this by myself anymore. So I pretty much in a more um, positive connotation, I gave up. Yeah. You know, I kind of just turned everything over to God and I said, you know, if this stuff is all true, that things that you say, not necessarily for those who are listening, if you're not of the LDS faith, it doesn't mean it has to be LDS, but just a higher power in general. Mm-hmm. I just said, all right, it's up to you now. If you're, if you promise me all these things, if you say you're going to do these things, if I do these other things, then I'm going to do those things and see what you do. Yeah. And so it's kind of been more of an experimentation. Um, over the last few weeks, about maybe a month and a half or so, where you know I'm with myself and like my, my car or I'm at home, and when I would normally you know light up or pop a pill, I you know I turn open my scriptures or I'll get on my knees and I'll pray or I'll try to reach out to somebody else and just see how they're doing, you know. And it's still extremely difficult for me because yeah. I'm an, I I like to see it myself during this whole process um, that I'm, I'm an antisocial extrovert. You know, I love to be in front of people. I love to feed off yeah. the energy. You're a performer, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. exactly. <laughs> you like to be on stage, but then you also like your downtime. Exactly. And you like to turn off. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah, too. <laughs> so, you know, and so you know how it goes where, yeah. 
you know, if you have like, say, if, you know, if lifting for you was taken away from you, you know, like it'd be hard to cope with like some free time or oh, just yeah. like just mm-hmm. the mental clarity that it gives you when you're lifting and that endorphin release. The same thing was me. I'm trying to rep. I've been trying to replicate the same highs and the same lows, but I'm not doing it with the same substances. And so that's what's been very difficult. But what's been easier with it is just by knowing, you know, there's a higher power out there. You can call it God, the universe, Heavenly Father, Allah, whatever it is for you. It doesn't matter as long as you recognize that there is a higher power guiding everything. Yep. And the more you can turn your life over to that, you know, the, the much better your life is going to be, you know. And so it, it feels a little bit to me right now that I'm playing catch up yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I was not here technically for the last three months. I was on, you know, I was up or down or I was high. You mm-hmm. know, I was, you know, I don't know how long it's been. It's been quite some time. And so it's been, it's been hard to slow down, but it's been one of the best things ever because, you know, my, my relationships with my family have never been this solid. My, my friendships are starting to come back more. And I'm starting to actually, I'm getting high off of life, actually, to be frank, <laughs> to be <laughs> frank with you. And it's been the most liberating thing. So to, you know, to have that ties into your question of what's next, mm-hmm. dude, I don't know. And that's, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, and I think we should be okay with that. I think we should take some time to slow down. I think we get into our heads way too much. I'm not saying that it's just me right here, but I think I can speak for a lot of people in saying that we can do better at just slowing down, hit the brakes a little bit, and realize what's around us because that's ultimately what's most important. Yeah, we need to get out of our own heads. We need to get outside. We need to get moving. We need to eat better. We need to, you know, focus on our spiritual progression, whichever you know, path that is for you. You need to focus on cultivating more of a spiritual presence in your own life. And, you know, whatever teachings those are, you can share that with other people. And you don't have to physically speak those things out. You can just be that that example for people. Yeah. And so by, and that's what I love about this podcast that you have, because and I love the name of it, Optimal You, mm-hmm. you know, just optimizing your life and yourself personally. But it gives people an outlet to just be real with themselves, to be open, to be just the most authentic version of themselves and i think in that turn that's what creates an optimal you yeah and i like how you said as well in regards to higher power right god allah heavenly father whatever you think of as that higher power there is something out there the universe as well um in turning your life over i think that that in essence is is the direction for you and while you don't have anything planned continuing on that path and living for that higher purpose is going to put that path right out there for you. 100%. That's going to align with two, two words, purpose and passion that are going to align with your passions. Uh, and you're going to do great things. And while you look back and maybe you weren't here for those last three months, knowing what you went through and for, for anybody else out there that are maybe just at the start or in the middle or going through something that's, not ideal, whether they're trying to find an escape from emotions or they're willing to put themselves into a bad situation, there's an end. And that end for you has led to where you're at right now in achieving these higher relationships, these stronger relationships with your family, with yourself, and starting to overcome some of these past traumas in your life with perfectionism, feeling inadequate, and also 
not giving time for yourself. Those are all important things, and all of these things had come to pass because of that obstacle and trial that you went through. Now, again, we, we make different choices, but the end result and where we always end up is going to be the same. You could have went through something of just questioning and wondering for like the next three or four years and then made that breakthrough, maybe not having jumped back into drugs. Or you could have experimented with drugs for a few months and had it happen in three months' time frame. So knowing and understanding that it's okay to make wrong choices. It's okay to make bad choices. But what's important where you're at right now is now following and learning from those experiences right. and totally. helping others. So let's say, let's say I'm somebody who is right at the start of where you were, where you're like, all right, let's take some Adderall. All right, let's, let's mix drugs who are going down that path. Now, again, like you said, we all have a rebellious spirit within us. Sometimes we have to try for our own experience and learn for ourselves. Other times we're able to listen to the warnings and the heatings that other people give to us of like, hey, maybe you should stay away from this because this happened. And this happened to me. I'm somebody who, let's say I'm somebody who's going to start and try to experiment with these drugs that you've experimented with. What advice, what would you tell them? Don't do it. <laughs> um, you know, bef before before you do it, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say don't do it because had I not done all these things, kind of what you're alluding to has, you know, given me the, um, the insight and the clarity that I have now. But, you know, it's not something that I'm going to encourage or recommend or endorse by any means. But I think before you, you make a decision, be, be able to sit down with your own thoughts for a little bit. You know, I think so often we, um, we try to drown, or drown ourselves out with our, with drown our own thoughts out of ourselves. And that can be through social media, it can be through music, it can be through working too much, it can be through spending too much time with people. You know, I think if we're constantly stimulated, then we can't think clearly enough to make the right decision for ourselves. And so if you're on the verge of taking Adderall or think, thankfully it was just Adderall, that it wasn't anything harder than that, mm -hmm. Or if you're whatever the thing that you're contemplating doing, I should say. There's probably actually there's there is an underlying emotion that you need to resolve with yourself, and I think you know it does take self discipline. It takes I think a little bit of willpower to not indulge on X, Y, or Z, whatever those those options are for you. But I would tell you know whoever's doing that, you know, take some time and just take some time to yourself. Leave your phone in your car or in your house and go for a walk and just look around you, see what there is. And to me, that's what I've been doing a little bit more of. Not saying that because I'm doing this, you should too, but everything around us to me is a sign that there is a higher god or a higher purpose, I should say, a higher power. And to try to stimulate something in your body from an external source, because I think that higher power is an internal source for us. But because we say it as like another, another object, you know, another, you know, when we're speaking, it makes it sound like it's us and God or Heavenly Father, the universe. But that is within us already. And if we're putting something in our system that is going to stimulate us in one way or another, we drown that out and we can't hear the promptings or just the um the whisperings you know we in the lds church we say that the whisperings of the spirit you know mm -hmm. and i've learned that for for real here where 
the more I've been off of everything over, so I probably, I got off around end of January or I was forced off, I should say, mm -hmm. but now I am, I am proactively off of everything. But the more that I've been able to spend time with my own thoughts and to sit with myself in silence has been amazing. It's, it's opened me up to, you know, if, if had I not given myself time to think, I wouldn't be a nutrition coach right now, to be honest. I probably would have never acted on those certifications that I have because I'd be so busy doing other things. You know, lift where you stand is one thing that's been going through my head quite often. Mm -hmm. and just take a look around you before you do something. It doesn't have to be drugs. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be even before you go and hang out with a group of people and you can ask yourself, why am I doing this? You know, take a second to, to um, you know, give, their, their, give yourself a little bit of distance in between you and whatever it is you're contemplating. And, you know, I think the, the way I've learned that, are you familiar with the book? Are you, are you a big book reader? I haven't been, but I'm getting more into getting it. Getting more into I, it? Yeah. Have you heard of The Power of Now? A chance? No, I have not. No. You gotta check it yeah. out. I consider that scripture. Uh -huh. And and um and I won't go into too much about it, but it basically just talks about what the title says, the power of now, the power of the present moment. Yeah. And he talks about um, you know, how we can sit with ourselves and we can use that current power or that um that conscious that consciousness, I guess you should say, that we have within us to guide your life. And if you're constantly stimulating yourself, whether that's with music, with drugs, alcohol, friends, girls, guys, whatever the case is, mm -hmm. you're losing that reality. You're using that touch with the reality. And the more you can be present with the now and everything happens in this moment because we don't know what's going to happen in 20 minutes. We don't know what's going to happen in five hours and two days and three years, whatever the case is. We don't know what's going to happen. And we don't have any direct control over that, too. The only thing that you have control over is this current moment right now, and that's kind of what he talks about. So I'd recommend anybody to read that. That sounds fascinating. It's, it's, Something that really interests me. Yeah. I will read that. It has been a lifesaver of a book. The way I got introduced to it was definitely heaven sent. It was just a funny story. But, but yeah, just by being quiet, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's, so much, there's such a power to that. And I think when we, when we do that, when we show that we're, you know, I think it's a state of humility, to be honest, to kind of just be honest with yourself, that that higher power will then direct you, kind of how you're talking about, you know, you can go this way or that way. Mm -hmm. At that point, it's not going to matter which direction you choose because you're going to be okay with yourself before you make that decision or this decision. Yeah, exactly. Now, I am very thankful. Like I said, for me, it was a time where I was like, all right, I need to get my podcast going again. We've had a couple months breaks and, you know, lo and behold, you reach out and now here we are recording and it's going to set a cadence of getting these podcasts out again more regularly and fulfilling uh, the purpose of helping people live their optimal lives. Yeah, just just yeah. get out there and, and whatever it may be uh, to just be happy and to help others along that path. Now you've given some really good advice and I really love the just, just separate, give time to yourself. Are you, do you meditate? Are you a meditator? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I, I, medita <laughs> I try to meditate twice a day. And nice. It's, it's, it's what keeps me grounded. And our thoughts sometimes can be scary, but really the power comes from having those thoughts, letting them happen, but knowing how to control right. them. So, so some good advice there of letting yourself be alone to, to your thoughts to work on that process. What other advice would you give for our listeners 
on how to live their optimal lives. Of course, come to you at Orange Theory Fitness and get your nutrition coaching. Of course, yeah, you got a <laughs> number one seven point nutrition, Orange Theory Fitness, and Athletic <laughs> AF. Hit me up, and I'll help you out there. But to go along, I know what you're asking was mm -hmm. is, you know, we talked about you know being quiet with yourself and being able to be alone with your own thoughts, but. You know, I think learning, man, that's a good question. And there's there have been a few thoughts that have been going through my head as we've been recording this. And even before, when I was just, I was just at work coaching some classes. And, uh -huh. you know, I think a big thing that helps is just two things, I should say. I mean, I think these coincide with each other is to cultivate humility and try to learn how to love unconditionally. Because we're all in this together on, on Earth, in Utah, in America, wherever you're at, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Everybody's dealing with something. I always thought I was the only one dealing with something. That's why I was turning to so many external outlets. But, you know, every interaction that we have with somebody is a chance to be humble, to let that person speak their truth. You don't need to force that on anybody. That's going to come out in time. But you also have a chance, if that's not the case, to express unconditional love to that person. And I know that's a hard thing to do if somebody has wronged you in the past, in the past or there's somebody that you just don't vibe with very well. And I think those things are what kind of start to eat at us because if we are around people quite often, which I think all of us are, we need to work to provide a living or either going to, or we're going to school to further our education, we're mm -hmm. always going to be around people. There's no way around that. And I tried to get away, get away from that by putting my head down and just working and working my ass off basically. But if I were to, you know, give two pieces of advice it was it would be to try to become as humble as you can and try to love everybody just straight up love you know there's a this has been on my mind quite a bit if you're lds you'll probably recognize what i'm referring to but there's a scripture that says i think this is in moroni or something but or it could be in first corinthians mm -hmm. but it says perfect love drives out fear and I think we're afraid to express ourselves. I think we're afraid to be our optimal you. Mm -hmm. And I think those are two amazing resources or catalysts, I should say, that help us get to that point. And it's only gonna it's only gonna be better afterwards. You know, it's not it may be you may be a little apprehensive to express something with somebody and you may say, Well, like I'm not there yet, so I can't do that. Like you need to start now. You know, you need to start cultivating these attributes, starting making these decisions now. There's no um, time to waste because the present moment, like I had alluded to previously, is all we have. And so if I can't show you brotherly love right now, then when can I? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And so same with humility. That's Then that can be something with yourself as well. Sh turning things over, asking for help if you need help, going to see a therapist. If you need somebody to, if you need a therapist office to get to, or at least a, a liaison basically to get to another therapist, let me know because we're not in this alone and we can do things with it. We sh well, we should be doing everything with everybody because we're all, I think we're all here for each other for one reason or another. And the only way we're going to be able to figure that out is if we're open with ourselves. And then there's another quote, I think it's by Nelson Mandela that he says, I'm actually going to pull this up because it's that good. Do it. I, I'm, I'm infamous for doing that. Say, Oh, I've, I've got this quote. I'm going to try my best, but I may get it wrong and I always get it wrong, which ruins the quote. <laughs> so I got this wrong. So, so I love that you're looking it up. <laughs> no, here we go. You have that humility. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Proof. So I got this from my therapist, actually. I see a therapist, uh, Liza, every Wednesday, and she's been a huge help. And 
um, she gave me this quote, I think two weeks ago, and this it's from Nelson Mandela, and it says, our deepest fear is not that we are weak. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who, you are, who, you, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your plain small does not serve the world. As we are liberated from our own fear, our, present, our presence automatically liberates others. That's awesome. And I think, you know, we, we have that power with us all the time. We're just afraid to use it. Oh, yeah. And I think we're afraid to be judged by other people. I think we're afraid to be seen as, oh, he's trying to outdo me by being nice to somebody, I think, is a very common thing. At least something that I had a, a very hard struggle with is, you know, I would say, I, and I'm not boasting here, but I, I'm, I, I'm full of love. I love people. I love helping people. And sometimes I'm afraid to show that love to people. And I think some other, I think some of your listeners may be in the same boat. But the moment that you act on these more positive intentions, the more you allow other people to do that. And we need more of that in this life. We need more people who are not afraid to express themselves, not express, not afraid to express humility or love. I think that's something that we can all work on. Awesome. Such good advice. Two key pieces right there, along with everything that you've shared today. Uh, huge thank you, Alec, for, for reaching out, for coming on, for letting your light out, sharing your story with others. It's definitely going to be impactful. And we'll put some some links up over to you from your yeah, social no and whatnot because I think it is powerful, like you said, and the invitation that you handed out that, hey, if you're out there, you're struggling, and you're in this spot, you think you may be the only person, but now there's somebody else that you can connect with. Right. To, to connect with you, that's that's huge. And, and hopefully, if you're out there and you need somebody to talk to Alec is a guy right yeah, here please, who loves please, talking please, to people. Please let me know, please. And definitely can be that connection source for you. Myself as well, my door is always open. Um, but I know this is going to be impactful for for the listeners out there, for anybody who may come across this. And, you know, it's 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 awesome because Tyler's episode went out and now look three three months down the road, it has connected us here. And so... One of the things that I told Tyler, my guest after him for Men's Mental Health Bill, was that you're going to get people. You're going to get people reaching out to you uh, about this. And I swear, every month I hear them saying, people are still coming to me and talking to me because of this podcast. So oh, know, that's, I love know that. that there are going to be people that are going to be reaching out to you, Alec. Uh, and don't hesitate to reach out to Alec. Yeah, because please. It, it'll be awesome. It'll be impactful for both of you. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Optimal You. It's been good to get back in the saddle to have awesome guests on here today. Uh, like I said, we'll put some information up for you to get in contact with Alec, not only for um, any mental health questions that you have, but for his orange theory training yeah, and his course. nutritional coaching. Gotta, yeah, lots of questions out there can be I answered get by that this income, guy. Right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, we'll 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 get your info up. Uh, and for listeners out there, if this impacted you, if this episode um, moved you in a way, share it. If you know somebody who may benefit from this message, um, put them over to the podcast. Let them listen to this episode, other episodes on there. It's, it's life-changing. And like you said, Alec, we're all here in this together. This, these messages that we're sharing are to empower and to help everybody live their optimal lives. So, so again, thank you, Alec, and thank you all for listening. Until next time, live your optimal lives. Be humble and love everybody.